Kia ora. My name is Marianne Cotter and this is the Horse-Human Connection, how we learn from horses. My guests throughout the series and I all know the outside of the horse reflects the inside of the human. From dreaming about horses as a young girl to now having two beautiful steeds, Thomas and Frosty, I know that my horses have taught me way more than I have ever taught them. So I started this podcast to speak with equine industry people and connect with others around the world and share the horse-human connection, how we learn from horses. Kia ora, welcome. Our guest today on uh, this podcast, How We Learn From Horses, The Horse-Human Connection, is the fabulous Sarah Bagheri, who is a uh, equine vet and got a fantastic background in history and journey. So, Sarah... Welcome. Thank so, you very much. So Thanks wonderful for having me. to meet you. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Tell us about your journey. Where did it all start? Well, um, I guess my journey started in Scotland. I was born born in Scotland and grew up there for a few years. Wow. And um, that's where, living on a small farm cottage in Scotland, I, I discovered a love for horses. Um, Non-horsey parents, so I had to work hard to get horsey contact oh, yeah. time. <laughs> It's very common, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But, you know, I persisted and, um, yeah, I I developed my love for horses from there. I didn't start riding until a bit later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, then then my journey or our journey took us to the Middle East. My dad is Middle Eastern and um, although I say he's not horsey, he actually, we have a family farm in the northwest of Iran and so they've used horses and donkeys for agriculture for, well, donkey's years if the pun is okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, um, so yeah, you know, I've, I saw both sides of the, um, you know, the pleasure and the the very much agricultural and work side of horses from a young age. That would have so, been really interesting. Yeah, 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 it really was. Yeah, and um, and you know, equally the care and the, I think probably the joy that people get from horses is still quite similar, um, even the ones that are you know worked in a job every day the the people still have to have a love and a care for them and so it was really nice growing up to see that and then um moved to Oman and in the um Arab GCC and and uh, was exposed to an awful lot of quite high level uh competition as far as you know show jumping and and the sultan of Oman at the time had a really oh, yes. big love for horses and yes. so my dad worked on the farms there and and um I was exposed to some really nice horses I from know. a young age you say farms <laughs> right I imagine that that would have been extremely glamorous and very much yes, yes. lots of air conditioning uh, yes, <laughs> for yes. the animals yeah yeah and like spotless stables how fabulous yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've never so even from then till now I've not seen people muck out in patent boots and white britches but you know that was quite special <laughs> oh wow yeah I bet <laughs> so yes and and uh, I spent we spent time growing up in Oman and um, it was when we came back from Oman to the UK that uh, I we well my sister and I finally persuaded our parents that we uh, we'd quite like a pony of our own and that's when my own journey with my own horse started yes. um, but you know I've always had them in my life and, and I think um, yeah super important um, super important part of my life and um, what yeah, makes it, it super important oh I think I think it's probably um, you know even now uh, as a as a vet that works with horses and has had quite a few years of experience with horses going home and seeing my own horses and just having a you know if you've had a rough day just sitting with them (laughs) sounds sounds strange but you know it's quite nice to just do that and unwind for 
even 10 minutes you know give them give them some pats and scratches and that horsey smell and the horsey feel just doesn't leave yeah. you I don't think no. so it really <laughs> so, helps you at the end of the day to, to calm yeah yeah and I think particularly now because you know my my journey took me to I think probably from those days in Scotland I decided I wanted to be a vet and um and that stuck with me through <laughs> through my schooling and through um through life to university where I was lucky enough to get a place in um the Royal Vet College in London wow um and uh, studied there for five years and um I think you know that sort of um the the uh the feeling that you get from your horses from you know doing things like a really tough job like that if you've had a rough day and things haven't gone as well as you'd hope then going home and just seeing your own hopefully healthy yes <laughs> healthy horses is uh, is just a really important part of the wind down absolutely process fantastic yeah. so you're a vet yes Wow. <laughs> and uh, have been for a scary amount of time now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's been it's been a really cool journey from there. You know, vet school is is tough and um, it's it's not any easier when you leave vet school. <laughs> no. um, the career is tough, but really rewarding. And, and I think it's finding your own path in that as well. And, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a huge amount of um, <clears throat> publicity, and there has been more and more recently, which I think is great as far as the mental pressures of the job. And and um, yeah, I think really finding a way to stay grounded and balanced has sort of helped me to stay in the profession without sort of yeah leaving or doing something else because it is high stress and it's high pressure. Even I can imagine. Yeah. So what? What sort of challenges do you, um, do, you know, what's top of mind when it comes to challenges about the role? I know that we've had quite a lot of media about it, but yeah, what I mean, do you find hard? I think, to be honest, it's the phenomenal number of hours that you end up working. Yes. And um, I think the there's a huge global shortage of vets, which is sort of finally coming into the, into the media. But, uh, you know, as far as managing to find and fill places or, or, you know, people for jobs and also... Then from the owner's perspective, being able to find a vet is hard because there are fewer and fewer for the number of people with animals. Um, And then also the the hours you have to work but also the standard of practice is is raising exponentially you know I think probably 15-20 years ago if I'd said I, I want to do equine sports medicine as my chosen niche people would have sort of raised eyebrows and wondered what I was what, what in the world I was talking about but it's actually a recognized there's now a recognized speciality in sports medicine and rehab yeah. and um, you know that has brought with it all these exciting things we can do to keep our horses happy and comfortable and sound and yeah. so yeah I think Absolutely. you know the pressure of almost being expected to know everything can can get to people and so there's yeah there's there's a huge focus now on maintaining well-being and mental health in vets so that we can keep doing keep doing what we do to try and keep people's animals happy and healthy as well so absolutely yeah yeah, massive pressure Mm. so um tell me um what you actually love about the lifestyle what is it about being a vet and um being around horses and people i think What, what do you like I think for me it's being able to, um, certainly in in the area that I work in, it's being able to help people with their own horse-human connection. You yeah. know, there's there's a there's a lot. Of, I, I work with some high-level competition horses and right. riders, and so that's that's really cool. But also, I work with the average rider 
and there's nothing wrong with being average rider <laughs> who has a, you know a non-high-level competition horse, and and that's quite special in a different way because you can really help to to build that. I think with it's for owners to then be understanding of how a horse works and how we can use them in our pleasure pursuits usually here at least although there are working horses in New Zealand to um, you know but do that in a way that their welfare is optimized and they can stay comfortable and happy through the day doing their job rather than you know in previously there's probably been less of a focus on that sure there's a really great saying that I read recently it said um, I think it was Winston Churchill what's on the outside of the horse is on the inside of the human. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good. <laughs> what a does good that quote. mean to you? Yeah. <laughs> you would yeah. see that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I think it's it's really nice to be able to be a part of helping people to see that. You know, I think often horses have been labelled as naughty or or mm. you know the the sort of anthropomorphised a little bit into the horses being stubborn or naughty, and it's you know my, part of my job is coaching the person to see that actually that's not 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 necessarily the case they they don't act that way because they want to be stubborn or naughty it's actually that the horse has limited ways of communicating with us and you know the the at the far end of the scale it's it's bucking people off or you know doing really aversive behaviors but actually not wanting to go forward not wanting to interact can be an indication that something's not quite right for them and so you know helping to understand that before it becomes a disaster is is um you know sounds a bit strange for a vet to say but that's you know because we're we're very much science and and breaking you know broken things being fixed (laughs) and um and addressing problems but for me that's one of the problems that i quite like to to help people with is that often people will approach me and say you know i'm pretty sure that the horse is just being you know naughty stubborn etc um but i just want you to check them over and make sure you know help me know that i'm on the right line of things and almost always it's it's not that the horse is just doing it because they want to be difficult that's just not how they're not how their brains work (laughs) it hurts so they don't want to do it (laughs) that's how they communicate yeah yeah absolutely so do you find people receptive to that like sometimes do you have you can see that there's something inside that person that's affecting yeah i mean the relationship (laughs) yeah and sometimes it is a case of you know and a lot of it is uh helping or guiding the person on their path to to see and understand and and yes sometimes people will find what you have to say has sort of makes them feel a bit prickly but some you know I'm not not there to judge it's it's simply to um to help people to see that this is how horses actually work and you know there's some really good equine science we can I can point them in that direction to to understand that it's you know it's not a, a judgmental comment as much as a you know maybe if we look at this from a a wider um, a wider standpoint that that we might be able to see some more answers there. Sure. I think horses are quite good at doing that for us, aren't they? You know, absolutely <laughs> applied to everything. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely, they're amazing. So. Um, I suppose from for you personally, because you're you're having to be with other people all the time and mm. supporting them with their journey. What is the um, thing that you've learnt the most from your horses and being around horses? I think, 
Well, I think everyone who has or is around horses knows that they can be great levelers and that, that mm. you know, whether that's out in the competition field or, you, you know, sitting sitting in the field with a glass of wine at the end of a hard day. Me with the wine, then with the hay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes a carrot um uh you know but i think yeah that they are they are great levelers and so um for me keeping my own horses separate from my work has been important um and i've actually found personally i've sort of moved away from the competition and you know the the not necessarily high stress but high involvement um area of getting up at ridiculous hour in the morning to go for a competition it's just not something I can necessarily fit in my life but you know keeping that side of having my own horses at home that I can just sort of you know not feel try not to feel guilty if I don't ride them and things like that but just to have us you know to interact with them at home and then being able to go and offer help to or you know the, the the veterinary side of things in whatever space that needs to be in the day can you know i can help those horses and those people in a different way absolutely fantastic (laughs) so when you say great leveler i know for me um you know often if i've had a stressful day or something's going on my husband will say can you just go to the horses (laughs) because i'll come back just a different person like all windswept and fine now hi darling yes well here she is yes um so i know that my horses uh they just make me so calm mm. and being in nature out in the gumboots and, mm-hmm. you know, even mucking out. Um, but being around my horses, like you say, they, they really support that um, ability to be in the now because you have to be. Yes. Um, so, Levla, what does that mean for you? Probably quite similar. I feel like, although they haven't met, that your your husband and my husband know each other because that's exactly what he says. <laughs> I think you just need to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> go see the horses is usually what I get when I get home. And um um yeah, and I think yeah, just probably having that time outside doing the the paddock admin whether that be mucking out, changing rugs, whatever and and making sure that they're all healthy. It's you know, I think um it just helps to sort of bring you back to now rather than the mind, you know, doing the job that I do your mind can be sort of racing and you're still sure. thinking about all your cases and it doesn't make it go away totally I think that sort of <laughs> that yeah. stays with you as is life yes yeah. it does <laughs> but it just sort of gives you that disconnect so you can just be there and do you know, almost like the sort of repetition each day of going out they come over to see you in the same way as a dog, a horse is always happy to see you. You know, you just, they come over and snuffle and, and want yeah. to scratch. And, and that's the most important thing. And so, you know, I think, yeah, just sort of bringing you back to right now, we've come, work has finished. <laughs> and yeah. now the afternoon, evening, weekend, whatever can, can start. And you don't need to carry all that baggage with you from from the day or week Absolutely. behind you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because I know... When I've had times of stress and very stressful and be, and stressful times and be with my horses with that mindset, not being in the now world, they (laughs) they go, hello, (laughs) or I'm rushing around, no way, that you just can't be that way around them. Yeah. Um, They certainly, something will happen or 
you know that something will go wrong and you'll realize I am not being in the now yes so yeah, yeah it's 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 really amazing how they bring you back absolutely you can't carry that baggage from the day or you know whatever's stressing you with you you have to sort of before you go and interact with them too much you kind of have to take a breath and settle yourself which is probably what we all need to it's do meditation <laughs> yeah. yes momentary <laughs> meditation there we go <laughs> Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. It's brilliant to talk to you. So, and I think we've probably covered it, but is there anything that comes to mind around how your passion for horses has supported you in really challenging times? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been, there have been many challenging times and I think um, different interactions with different horses have sort of helped through through those things. And um I'm not sure that there's, you know, a specific event I can refer to because there there are so many. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I think it's that um, the relationship that you have or you can build with them, even if it's a short, you know, short-lasting relationship. Sometimes I'll um, a lot of my vet work is very much hands on the animal and feeling what their body is telling me, and so mm. you know, it can be a really short one hour interaction with an animal and that can you know without me and maybe the horse does know but without me knowing it sort of helps to settle my mind again I I think it's that focus on what you're doing and listening to what the horse is telling you because if you if you're carrying too much of your own um sort of mental baggage with you you just don't pick up on what they're what they're what you can feel from them and what what you can sort of then help them with, I suppose, yeah. in a physical sense, yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So from a mental health perspective, it's... Um, it's I find them great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, until they break Most the fence, the break the rug, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 play up. won't go into the dressage arena. Um, I think one of the questions I had was, if, like... Everyone that we've I've sort of spoken to a lot, well, you know, large percentage don't come from horsey families. It's just something. It's like mm. a calling. Yes. Yeah. So, if you had someone that was thinking about or had that calling mm-hmm. for horses, what would you? What would you be your wise words to <laughs> them? Well, I think I think it's it would just be to say, you know, there are ways that you can have interaction with with horses and you know when I was little little it was just finding horses patting them and you know but then as soon as I was old enough able to go to places where I could learn from people and and there's always there are always people who would be happy and willing for for you to go and be an enthusiastic helper and absolutely learning the the paddock admin skills as I call them you know the mucking out and putting fencing up and things like that um and you know so much of what we do with horses is not the the physical riding of them but all of that stuff even if you don't ride it I don't know if there's necessarily a you know um you don't have to ride to to gain enjoyment Huge from horses. Too, yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, volunteering and and encourage you know, I'd encourage people to go out and ask if they can help or you know, you have horses. You know, there's always a hundred and one jobs to do. So, yeah. um, and that's how I got into it. Really, was um, was going and and um, pestering my parents to let me go and watch 
at competitions and things like that and finding them and yeah. <laughs> taking my camera out and taking pictures and you know Absolutely. <laughs> reading horsey books and yeah. things like that and I think yeah it can it, it as an industry particularly for people wanting to work in the horse industry because that's quite you know there's lots of people who love horses and they want to work with horses but then actually it's I think that's probably the hard bit is to to step over into building a career with them um because often working with horses and having your own can then be mutually exclusive so yeah <laughs> um it's it is a, you know it's it's hard work but really putting the um putting the time into learning and there's lots of theory you can learn and if that is the sort of thing that floats your boat there are some great books and online learning resources but yeah. also there are lots of places you can go that are more than happy for you to go and be a helper you know there's some in in New Zealand there are some great organizations you know the Special Olympics the the riding for the disabled and and you know getting that horsey handling experience and just the enjoyment from being around them I think is is a great um a great way to do it absolutely yeah fantastic for body mind and spirit as we know definitely um and I think there's a little bit of a misconception that you've got to have a lot of money to to um to to, to, to be in the horse world but actually it is just doing that volunteering and and being brave and and saying can I help or yeah can I come and see your horses or you know and I, I know I've had lots of young people supporting and really keen yes who do the admin yeah. um, and mucking out and you know <laughs> enthusiastic and it's such a wonderful way of learning responsibility and discipline definitely yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um, and even you know if you, if things like the competitions are your are your thing, there are the organisations that run competitions here are, are always crying out for helpers and volunteers at times of you know organising, preparing, putting out arena markers and things. And you know, um, my sister and I work, did some volunteering when we were quite young doing writing for dressage judges at yeah. the big horse trials in the UK which was amazing you know Learned suddenly so you realize you're seeing one of your idols doing their dressage test in front of you and yeah. you can watch them ride and you absolutely. know it's just it's little little moments like that 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 help absolutely um, yeah fantastic <laughs> hey, have you got it, it, horses are um I, I think probably giving me some of the biggest gut-wrenching laughs in my life <laughs> and horse people <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> We're all kind of the same. But um, have you, I know you'll probably have lots, but is there any funny stories that come to mind around being around horses and humans and the whole connection? <laughs> yes, lots. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the, there are, there are ty- things that I've ended up doing, um, you know, as a, as a young, newly out of vet school vet, I turned up to do a a foaling at a miniature you know miniature horse stud foaling wow. yes so where the the mare or the mother horse was having trouble getting the baby out and um the man met me at the gate with a set of shin pads <laughs> so, you know i'm thinking well i this is new i don't know what is this something unique to foaling a miniature horse and it turns out they were all just so feral that you needed them to protect your shins when you went in the in the pen so you know <laughs> there are there are oh lots of stories like that and then you know i think meeting some really cool interesting very eccentric but awesome yes. people yeah and um um yeah probably too many to mention oh that's fantastic <laughs> yes yeah that's fantastic 
Um, and I think, you know, you get an insight to the people attached to the horses with their, when you're working with their animals. So you can, yeah, you build some good relationships and collect funny stories. I bet. <laughs> hey, do you notice any commonalities with people, with horses? Do you mean the people and their horses? Yeah, or? <laughs> yeah the people and their horses. Like, what, do, you, do you notice commonalities around... Um, type of behaviour traits or around horse people? Mm, absolutely. Or people and that are passionate about horses? Definitely. And and I think, um, you know, in, in people with their horses, if, and if people have that one-to-one relationship with their horse, you often see the same uh, sort of behaviours reflected. And I think it's usually the horse reflecting the person, usually, yeah. not always. Um, depends on what the what the horse has got going on but yeah horses and their people tend to have quite similar behavior traits i work with dogs as well and so yeah. I, I see that very often with dogs wow. too and you know i think animals pick up a lot on um on their human carers um and then yes of course you know i think um um the as far as commonalities between people who have horses i think i think there has to be that that certain degree probably of, of I'm not sure if it's eccentricity or craziness where we you know it's that that uh, willingness to go out and you know it's howling a gale and the rain's pouring horizontally and you've not eaten for the whole day but you still put ahead of your own needs that um, you know getting dressed up in your waterproofs and going out and feeding and rugging and checking that the horses are okay I, I don't think you can do that without that certain degree of of um, probably selflessness but also um, yeah eccentricity and, and yeah. total dedication to the job and, and I think love yeah yeah comes definitely. down to love doesn't it like yep. you know the number of times i've been out and, and said oh i must get some new gumboots and my <laughs> and they're sloshing around in a howling southerly full yes. of water yeah and mine are there and the the farrier's just been the day before or something <laughs> and these new shoes and i mine are falling off my feet and it's freezing cold and it's like but they've got to be warm yes and like you say yep. you know you haven't eaten all day or yeah, yeah. I uh, there's a saying that I've I've heard and seen, you know, and it's you know my horse has a vet, a chiropractor, an osteopath. Uh, the slightest sign of a sniffle, the the vet's called. They get their shoes done every six weeks. Um, they have their own nutritionist, and I sometimes eat from McDonald's, and my whole my clothes are from the op shop, and yeah. um, gumboots are full of holes. And you know, it's 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 that, isn't it? That that sort of I think epitomizes what we do for our animals. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, it's quite amazing. It's uh, it's such a love. But um, I think one, th- you know, I, I was like you had horses um, from a non-horsey family very young, and um, I'd be riding around the Port Hills with my on my rally twenty with my saddle on the front, bridle on here, helmet on, you know, with parents saying, "This is your thing. You're gonna find your way there." Um, but what it taught me was to be responsible. Mm, and definitely. and to, to love something bigger than me really mm-hmm. um and um and and to to, to have that discipline yeah. um, when everyone else was going out partying i was thinking oh, the cover's not on my horse <laughs> you know <laughs> although i was partying but um it was always uh, a a constant about um caring for this beautiful big animal um yeah. and they came first yes. so yeah, yeah it was actually good f- to grow up 
Absolutely. pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that's probably the same world over. You know, I've, yeah. I've seen it in many different areas and different cultures. And that's, you know, whether the horse is there for pleasure or for work, this, it does teach you that sort of... The same. Yeah, the responsibility and... I mean, probably even more so if you have a working animal that if it can't, you know, if it's not well and it can't work tomorrow, then that's a big part of your livelihood. You know, it's, it, there's so much similarity yeah. in that sense. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow, what a great um, expansive experience you've had mm. um, being in Iran and Oman and UK and here. Yes. Um, may, any major differences? Um you know i think i think that sort of that that passion is still it's it's the same yeah yeah the the sort of underlying passion is still it's the same world over it's just yeah. that things are done slightly differently right. um you know that the um and and also the understanding and knowledge of the the most up to date knowledge and welfare is is slightly different sure and, um but aside from that there's there's not a huge difference. I mean, you know, the Middle East is where our horses originated from. Sure, the Arab yes. horse is the foundation yeah. to just about every horse we they have. Sure so, um, yeah, but uh, I think that that things are fairly similar the world over, you know. I Fantastic. So that, that horse-human connection. Definitely, is, definitely, yeah. 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 And so. certainly, you know, when, as a as a young girl, when we lived at the one of the royal farms in um, in Oman, I mean, the Sultan of Oman was... was very much a, a horseman and mm. and his uh, his passion for horses sort of has lived on he sadly passed away a yes. few years ago but um his his passion for horses was evident and you know i think um going into these marble stables with beautiful wow. horses and yeah. and um yeah seeing that they were just treated with so much love as well that you know, you know even though they were in this this totally you know for for those of us in new zealand whose horses live in, live in paddocks it, it's the other end of yeah. what you think is possible but they were still they had everything attended to that they needed and and Amazing. Um, yeah but the that underlying care for them was still still the same still the same yeah, yeah. it's such a, a human thing to, mm. to, to care yeah yeah brilliant Definitely. fantastic mm. hey i think that um i think we're kind of wrapping up and um wow what a <laughs> it's amazing to talk to you, Sarah. Oh, thank um, you for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's been fantastic, and I uh, really appreciate your time and your insights and your journey professionally and personally. Um, it's been fantastic, so thank you for coming, and um, have a great day. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Lovely. This has been a Door Brothers Studios production with executive producer CJ Door and co producer Mary Ann Cotto. Giggles. <laughs> <laughs> You're delirious now.